Memorial Care Health System, Excellence in Healthcare, presents Weekly Dose of Wellness. Here's your host, Deborah Howell. Hello and welcome to the show. I am Deborah Howell, and today's guest is Dr. Sar Dannen, Medical Director, Pediatric Cardiology and Congenital Cardiac Catheterization at Memorial Care Miller Children and Women's Hospital in Long Beach. Welcome, Dr. Dannen. Thank you, and thank you for having me, Deborah. It is our pleasure, sir. Now, every year, approximately 40,000 babies are born in the U.S. with a congenital heart defect, making it America's most common birth defect. Memorial Care Miller Children's and Women's Hospital in Long Beach offers minimally invasive procedures to treat these heart defects. So, doctor, what is congenital heart disease? Congenital heart disease is anything, any uh, heart problem that a child is born with. Um, it could range from uh, very minor abnormalities uh, to the more complex ones. Um, in general, uh, speaks to the fact that the, it is present at birth. Most of these are structural abnormalities. Okay, got it. Now, some are some of the ways that we are treating congenital heart diseases these days. Um, tell us about the diagnosis and treatments. Uh, the diagnosis of congenital heart disease uh, predominantly uh, involves the cardiac examination and echocardiography. The cardiac examination is mostly uh, composed of listening to the heart uh, and the lungs and uh, feeling the pulses and the general inspection of the baby. Uh, Echocardiography is an ultrasound of the heart where we can get very detailed views of the different chambers of the heart and the valves and rule out any holes or any other abnormalities. There are other forms of diagnostic tests in addition to the echocardiography, like EKG, and in, in some of the more complex babies, uh, cardiac CT and MRI. Um, oh. These are all used to help tell us um, what the problem is uh, with the heart or sometimes the screen if there is a problem. Once the uh, diagnosis is identified, depending on the severity of the diagnosis, some of them are monitored and do not require any treatment and can can actually even self-resolve over time, and others do require treatment. And the treatment is composed uh, either of medical treatment, meaning taking medication, um, or uh, cardiac catheterization procedures, um, and in some of the more uh, severe forms, cardiac surgery. Now, you mentioned cardiac catheterization. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? So cardiac catheterization is a procedure um, which is generally done under uh, anesthesia. Uh, During the procedure, the baby or the child is completely asleep, and we insert catheters, which are long plastic tubes through the artery and the vein of the leg. We use those and advance those to different chambers of the heart and the great arteries and veins. We can then measure oxygen levels and pressure in different chambers of the heart. We can also take pictures by injecting dye and getting very detailed pictures of the various chambers and, and the vessels and um, gives us even more diagnostic and, and very accurate information. In some cases, we could actually fix the problem during that same cardiac catheterization. Um, sometimes we can close holes or open valves. Uh, plug up extra vessels, things like that. But there's a lot of things that we can do to uh, fix these uh, these these defects uh, at the time of the procedure. So at the beginning of the procedure, you may not know whether you have the ability to fix it until you get in there and take a look around. Correct? Uh, that is correct. We we generally have an idea, and in in some cases, based on the non-invasive studies, we know for sure whether 
um, if something is fixable in the cath lab or not. There, then there are the ones that we think may or may not be uh, correctable in the uh, procedure. So we do uh, the diagnostic information at the beginning of the case and then uh, assessment of whether or not we can fix uh, the problem during, during the catheterization with the non-invasive technique. And uh, in those cases where we feel it's safe and appropriate, we go ahead and, and take care of it so the child could have everything done during one procedure. Yes, that would be absolutely uh, the best way. Now, what are type what types of devices are available to you to assist you in these procedures? So there's a lot of uh, different devices depending on what the problem with the heart is. We have uh, certain um, uh, balloons that are used to um, uh, fix different uh, uh, valve abnormalities, uh, such as if, if the valve does not open properly, we can help uh, open the valve. Um, we have uh, uh, balloons that can also be used to uh, open plugged up vessels or narrowed vessels. Um, we have stents, which are tubes made out of a wire mesh that can be inserted through the catheters and used to open up the vessels and actually would, would stay in there. Um, there are uh, constantly new devices that are uh, being made. Uh, we have a lot of different plugs that can be used to close holes, um, and more recently, now have valves that can actually be implanted by uh, this minimally invasive technique and avoid surgery. Wow! How do you perform the valve replacement? So the valve replacement is performed in a similar way um, that we uh, perform. Uh, a stent placement. The valve is actually sewn on the inside of a stent. Um, it then is, is collapsed onto a balloon, and we can actually insert it into the vein of the leg and use it to perform um, valve replacement, particularly of the pulmonary valve. There are some valves that can also be used to uh, replace the aortic valve. Uh, we then uh, put it into position using imaging techniques that uh, used mostly uh, uh, X-rays uh, or fluoroscopy, uh, which is a moving X-ray or video X-ray, and then we can uh, deploy uh, the valve by expanding the balloon. And when we remove the balloon, the valve uh, remains in place. Absolutely incredible! How do you see the future of this field progressing, Doctor? Well, the future of of the field is um, really um, it's it's really evolved a lot, even over. Um, uh, the last 15 years since I've been doing it, I've, I've seen a lot of uh, new advances in technique as well as in devices that are available. Um, and I see the future as uh, bringing us new techniques and new devices. And uh, the rapidly progressing technology really makes this, um, uh, this field evolve from day to day. Uh, some of the newer things that uh, we're doing is uh, involving three-dimensional technology where we can do three-dimensional imaging, um, both during the catheterization and before the catheterization, we can then uh, use uh, these uh, three-dimensional images to better plan for procedures. Um, and uh, really, I, I think that as 3D printing uh, becomes uh, more rapid and, and, and continues to evolve, we'll actually be able to print devices during the procedure in order to uh, use these in real time in, in the cath lab. Uh, what I kind of devices would you print, for example? Uh, we could we, we put 
potentially we'll be able to print devices to close holes that are um, made specifically for the size and shape of, of the individual patient's heart. We can make a stent that is the exact size and length of the uh, vessel that we would like to stent. Um, so uh, right now we do have a lot of uh, sizes available, but this will make us able to tailor this to the exact size and shape that we want. Now, I noticed you're talking about printing devices. What about printing actual tissue or organs? That's also something that's uh, in the future. I think that's a little further away, but it's definitely something that um, uh, could potentially be in the next 10 to 15 years. Um, the other the other way that I see the field progressing is with bioabsorbable devices. Right now, uh, most of our devices have a scaffold made out of a wire mesh, and that remains inside the body, um, which does not seem to cause any problems in most cases. But I think if we uh, are able to have devices that absorb over time, that's definitely uh, something that we would uh, prefer. Um, we do have some stents that are already uh, FDA approved that are bioabsorbable, uh, mostly for smaller vessels. But I think as we, as the field continues to progress, we'll be able to uh, have more of those. Exciting medical times ahead, Dr. Dannon. Where can parents go to learn more about the Children's Heart Institute at Miller Children's and Women's? Well, uh, millerchildrens.org backslash heart is the website for the Children's Heart Institute's uh, page. Uh, that has a lot of links to the different types of procedures that we do, as well as the uh, diagnostic procedure and access to the physicians that work here. I'm going to give that one more time. MillerChildrens.org backslash heart to learn more. Dr. Dan, and thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate you being on the show. Of course, anytime. Thank you. To listen to the podcast or for more info, please visit memorialcare.org. That's memorialcare.org. I'm Deborah Howell. Thank you for listening and have yourself a wonderful day.